Hello. Welcome to a lo-fi podcast with me, your host, Katie. And this is a guy. And that's a guy who left me hanging out I knew you dry. wanted me to interject right there. <laughs> I you purposely paused so you could also say hello. I mean, that's an assumption. Yeah, let me know. We don't have like a format per se. Well, it's true. You usually it's true. say, you know, who you are for now, come in. And you just kind of, you know, threw that out there. I, I, you know, we'll put that on me, sure. Sure. Hanging ugly like a ball bag in the wind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. You really did. But that's, that's, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I've been thinking about that analogy because I've been watching Mighty Boosh again. Awfully wonderful. I would actually love to never hear that analogy again, but... No, it's super sweet. I have no, uh... <laughs> are you okay? Yeah. Just the regular, socially acceptable amount of paranoia. <laughs> How are you doing? Um, I have more than the social, regularly socially acceptable amount of paranoia, but, um, I believe that's because someone is attempting to use the, uh parallel parking lot again and uh, didn't know how to get there. Mm-hmm. So, slowly drove by us and then slowly drove around the block and then slowly turned into the driveway. As always, there's always someone else creeping around here at this place, you know? <laughs> that, that was the second car we've seen in the last ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and uh, get the big news out of the way. They canceled the Venture Brothers after like 10 seasons. Wait, what? Awful. Wait, what? Yeah, Venture Brothers got canceled. I'm sorry, weren't they already canceled? No. <laughs> when was the last time they had new content out? Like a year ago? It's on um, <laughs> like Hulu or whatever. It's not on, uh, that, when I was watching the episode, it didn't seem to be on Cartoon Network, but it was on Hulu, Hulu Plus. And they had uh, fairly recent seasons. Wow, I had no clue. Yeah. Yeah, they had a good run, though. And I think they have our own comic series, too, so... I can't be too mad, because Venture Bros has been on for, what, like, 12 years? For forever. It's been on a really long time, and I think that it... Venture Brothers is, like... Maybe the word iconic is too strong, but I feel like Venture Brothers has a very specific place in media history that like there are other things today that owe their creation because Venture Brothers existed. Oh totally. It has such sharp satire. It's funny. It's satirical. And the way they kind of make use of Hanna-Barbera tropes and characters on occasion. Mm -hmm. I I remember when I first saw the Venture Brothers pilot which God had to be 15 years ago, mm-hmm. and it, it kind of blew my mind just how funny it was mm-hmm. and the direction it went. Because the thing I always remember is that the planet landed, mm-hmm. and Dr. Venture got off and he was talking to somebody, and a chupacabra slips from underneath the plane, like the wheel housing or mm-hmm. whatever, and just just slicing his face. And Brock throws a knife and kills it. Uh-huh. 
and he's just standing there like stark naked, covered in blood. You know? Mm -hmm. And like, all right, let's go on in. Brock, catch up. And the like uh, guy at the airport's like, sir, you have to check. You have to check your knife to come through here. And he's like, take it from me. And there's this like low to high shot of him just standing there, like a god with his knife, his eye twitching. And I was like, huh? <laughs> just take it from me. He's like, mm. <laughs> wow. Mm. I think that there, I did not always appreciate Venture Brothers for what it was. Sometimes satire goes over my head, or I don't think, or I didn't appreciate what they were satirizing enough to think that it was funny. Well, uh, did you ever watch a bunch of Johnny Quest? No, definitely not. That's probably the reason there, because it's prim it's like 70% Johnny Quest. I'd say at least it started out 70% Johnny Quest. And a lot of the jokes came from that, and the fact that Johnny even shows up in a uh, later season, I think he's like a cokehead. <laughs> he's recovering from his life as a boy adventurer, you know? <laughs> oh, my, my neck. Oh, but, um, yeah, it's one of those things where, um, since I was more familiar with Johnny Quest, even though I didn't like Johnny Quest. But you're familiar with him. Right, there's nothing else on TV. Because I want to say episodes of Johnny Quest came on TNT or something. What? Yeah, you know, because this is way before Cartoon Network was even a thing. And it would be like, I don't know, 7 or 8 p.m. and there was nothing to watch. And I'd be flipping through and I'd get to TNT or something and I'd see Johnny Quests coming on. What kind of charmed life were you living where you got to control a TV at 7 or 8 p.m. at night? Uh, during the years where I actually had a TV in my room. Uh... Which was... I. Now, the first TV I ever got in my room was when I was probably like five or six. What? But it was my dad's old military TV. Have I ever shown you that thing? It's like this big <laughs> and that long. No. It's an old TV and there's three buttons on it for green, red, and blue. It's not quite black and white, but it's, all, it's not color. Huh. And I, I used to play Nintendo on that thing. I remember... Because I begged him dun, 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 dun. to let me borrow his little military TV because he'd take it to work with him at the fire department. Mm -hmm. So I could play Nintendo on it. Dun, dun, dun. I mean, that screen was all of dun, dun, dun. four inches, maybe. Dun, dun. I'll show you that. I'll show you. He dun, still has dun, it. And I'm dun, glad dun. he still has it because it's an integral part of my history and I guess to a small extent his. <laughs> Like, whenever he croaks, I want that little TV. Mm -hmm. And then between the ages, I want to like 8 mm -hmm. and 10 is when I got like an actual regular TV. Mm -hmm. I think that bad boy was all of 20, 21 inches. I'm trying to think of how old I was when I got a TV in my bedroom. And uh, let's see, I never had one in my bedroom when I lived at home. I didn't have one in my room, my bedroom. We had a shared living room, so I didn't mm -hmm. have one in my bedroom while I was in college, or those first few years after I graduated college. So, looks like the first time I had a TV in my bedroom was circa 2005. Oh, gross. Yeah, it was post-college. No, no, I was a gamer. I, I, I needed my TV. Also, I had to watch the Sci-Fi Channel. 
our TV was in my brother's room. Well, you just kicked down the door like, I'm going to watch sci-fi in here. No, we didn't have cable, please. I'm going to watch the sci-fi VHS I have. Please. <laughs> over and over. That scared me. The, uh, even though it's not full dark, the streetlights just came on and frightened me. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. But, uh, yeah, I love that little TV. I would play, I remember playing, um, Sonic the Hedgehog on that. Sonic the Hedgehog 1. What? Yeah, yeah. And it didn't have the, uh, RGB connectors on it because of how old it was. I don't know if you remember, but there used to be these little prongs. Mm-hmm. And you'd loosen the screw in the back and put the prongs under it and tighten the screws for, like, your signals. And it had one of those. Oh, my God. Wow. So old. I just remembered I had a, I have a cynic meme I didn't send you. A what now? A, cyn- a, a cynic. Oh, like cynical? No, like Sonic, but it's not Sonic. It's cynic. And I'm not talking about Sanic. I'll come up since I'm, talking, I'm not Sanic? talking about Sanic. No, I, it's not a Sanic meme. It's a cynic meme. I don't know if I know this cynic character. Well, you know? Mm-hmm. Send it to you. Alright. Uh, sorry, I moved my neck. Uh, but uh, yeah, why do I guess why is it talking about this TV? I don't know. How did we get here? Something something watching things Venture in Brothers. your room, Venture Brothers. Right. But yeah, it will be missed, but at this point I think there's maybe six or seven seasons of it. Mm-hmm. So that's probably enough to be syndicated. If, need, if they want it to be. They have to have... Excuse me, I'm sorry. Just a, just a hundred. Just a hundred, okay. I mean, I think... Because I know the seasons, at least at the beginning, were more than ten episodes. Right. So I might have put them over. I can look up how many episodes are Avengers are made, but it's not that important. It's not that. I mean, it's whatever. <laughs> what other uh, big news do you have for me? Well, uh, Microsoft, for some reason, decided to buy Bethesda. Well, Zenimax, Bethesda's parent company. And the uh, general internet seems to be having an opinion on that. I'm just so tired, a guy. I'm just so tired. What of? Of companies getting bought and then being scrapped being gutted and scrapped I don't understand why Microsoft would decide to buy Bethesda at this time what could they what could their possible motivations be I assume they must want a suite of buggy fully optimized <laughs> games for their upcoming Xbox <laughs> So the best place to go is going to be Ubisoft or to Bethesda. And Bethesda's better at making shitty games. Yeah, I said that. You can't convince me otherwise because it's like I've played the suite of Bethesda games. I've played them all from freaking Elder Scrolls Arena up to, well, looking at Fallout 76 and not good. Each one is worse than the previous one. Fallout 76, man. What a trash fire. Yeah. Have we ever really discussed Fallout 76 on the podcast? No, but it's like a two years back now, and neither one of us are playing it, so I don't know how much insight I could give. I mean, that's fair. 
Sometimes I think, though, that we should change the name of the podcast to Katie Plays Games that were popular two years ago. I was, I was thinking about making a, um, a YouTube channel, essentially, uh, based on that sort of thing for myself called, uh-huh. um, let's see if I can remember what I was going to call it. Uh, it wasn't catching up or just getting to it, but the premise was almost the same. Because... Mm-hmm. I don't always try to... Wait, you were going to start a YouTube channel without me? Oh, most definitely. The scandal. I have to be producer, writer, and star. I'm a a gamer TM. (laughs) I need to have full creative control. So I'll start slinging profanity. No one's mad at me except for the censors. I'm pretty sure I cuss more on the podcast than you do. Maybe. Maybe. You cuss like Papa John covering in pizza sweat? <laughs> no, I'm not a racist. Wow. Not a hot take. <laughs> <laughs> no, not a hot take at all. I once heard him say he can hear tr- Gabriel's trumpet. He can hear it blowing. <laughs> that man. Wow. Anyways, Bethesda. Yeah, it's like... I'm gonna, even though I just claim to be a gamer, I'm gonna come clean and say I've never played a single Elder Scrolls game. I'd say if I like Morrowind, Oblivion, I'd say other ones to play. Mm-hmm. Morrowind more so, because you have a lot more freedom in it. And there's a lot more options on how you take care of things and how you build your character. Uh-huh. And with each game, like Oblivion to Skyrim, they take more options away from you on how to play this supposed RPG. Which is what irks me. But do they have a butt slider? Well, on the PC, yes. Mods. Oh, well, it's not the same thing. Continue, I'm sorry. No, I was just thinking about how they've been using like the same engine since Oblivion, I think. Mm-hmm. And modifying it, which is why it runs so badly now. Kind of like how 76 is so easily hackable because instead of building a new engine for an online game, they use the architecture of Fallout 4's engine, mm-hmm. which was based on the Skyrim engine. Which, of course, was based on the Oblivion and the Fallout 3 engine. Which people have been modding on PC for over a decade. So when you use that engine for an online game, people know the, the engine inside out. They're like, oh, well, I can just get in here. Why would you do that? You know, I hear whatever their next game is. It's supposed to uh, have a new engine, finally. 15 years late to the party. But at this point, I don't, I don't care. But, but... You've already burned that bridge for me. But... Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm not going to give you money to give me a bad product. It's kind of like how I don't... I still don't forgive Sean Murray. You remember Sean Murray, don't you? He's 
that the you have phones, don't you, guy? No, God, no. That's a No Man's Sky guy. Oh, oh. People were saying, well, Sony probably, you know, was pushing him. It was like, Sony didn't make him say the things he said. I like Colbert and on the interviews mm-hmm. about what the game was, what was going to be in it, when it launched, and how it works. Right. I'm sure he told him to hype it up, but instead, what he did was he lied to my face. The game came out, had 10% of what he said was in the game. And then they went radio dark for like eight months. Well saying anything right before I started you know patching in the stuff that was missing and two three years later No Man's Sky is a better game and there's about 60% of the promised content in there now but like I said I don't care anymore he burned he burned that bridge was burned by that by his company because I went into the game Based on the information that the, you know, freaking, what do you call them, uh, I don't think founder's the right word, mm-hmm. but the company had told me, I got a subpar game, uh, I mean, eventually I kind of apologized for it, but I was like, no, you lied to me and I wasted money. Is the game good now? Yeah, sure, it's much better. But you're not going to be getting my money anymore. I'm not made of cash. And now you're talking about they're working on a new game, which um, I think is actually No Man's Sky Origins, which is throwing Origins on any title is the most boring thing you can do besides Redemption, Retribution. Revengeance. Don't say that. Why? I said it. Revengeance is different. How? Because it's a made up word. It's not different. That makes it worse. It makes it better. It makes it worse. Better. Okay, fanboy. Because it's unique. Kojima fanboy. It's unique. Kojima didn't even make it. He only had a hand in it. It was made by Platinum Games. Oh, worse. What'd you say? <laughs> of the two things that you fanboy over. Well, Platinum has yet to let me down. Kojima, Platinum, from Soft. Oh, God, so good. I don't gush over Kojima. I just like his weird storytelling. Because his games, are, all of his games are hard to play. Uh-huh. You know? You gotta use the Wait, control. Wait, for you, that's a point in its favor. Not necessarily. I don't mean hard as in challenge. I mean hard as in the controls are literally bad. Well, you know. And I don't like Death Stranding. I can tell you that. I'm <laughs> Okay. What? Not, not, <laughs> did you just get tired of saying that word? <laughs> I'd appreciate if you didn't bring attention to it. I wasn't. I was just <laughs> laughing. You're the one who brought attention to it. Because you were laughing at me. But I could have been laughing for any number mm. of reasons. Oh, I doubt it. But yeah. I could have been. Like, I'm not a fan of Death Stranding. I think it's crap. And I'm sure there's something else he made. Like, uh, I never played Police Knots, but that looks kind of boring. Mm-hmm. I do like his style. But, uh, yeah, it's like, oh, excuse me. It's like No Man's Sky Origins, but it's like, I don't care. I don't want to just fly around space and look at stuff. I do. Maybe I'll pick up No Man's Sky. You should have picked it up when it was, uh, 20 bucks. Has they raised the price again? Oh, yeah. As soon as they put that big patch on it last mm-hmm. year, 
The price went back up to, I think, $39 or $49. Mm -hmm. I'll have to pick it up next time it's on sale. Mm-hmm. Because if you even have the original one, it's a patch, you know, so even having uh -huh. the base game like I do, if I reinstalled it, it would install the new updates. Right. Speaking of games that are on sale, <laughs> I picked up a Near Automata Game of the Yorha Edition. That has DLC I've apparently never even heard of in it. Yeah, no, I don't really know everything I got, but I got something. As you said earlier, like two years late to the party on that, but it's still a good game worth playing. Yeah, and uh... If you want to feel bad. And I'm playing on easy mode, Ugh. but when you choose easy mode, you can choose to have auto everything installed for you. But this is really interesting to me because I said no, because I can still p actually play the game. Just, uh, I just need it to be where I can take more hits because I have no ability to not get hit by things. You must hone your reflexes, Grasshopper. I mean, I'm doing my best. I'm just saying. Um, but I think it's interesting because you can purchase those upgrades in the market. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's not really a market, just from different people who are standing around you can buy things from. And they're cheap. But I don't know how much extra money that I'm getting because I'm playing easy. I can tell you from what I remember when I was playing, it used mm -hmm. to be getting a crap ton of money. Okay, so that so that's part of it, for sure. Um, I have plenty of money. Like, I have a lot of money. And, like, I never had plenty of money. Even when I was going through my third time, you know? Mm-hmm. And some of that stuff carries over, it's like, I'm still broke. Gotcha. Barely able to afford my medium heels. Really? Yeah. That's rough. Yeah. Okay, well, definitely, so definitely playing on easy is giving me more advantages. But I could easily afford by now to purchase those auto upgrades. But it's kind of like, I don't want to, but I don't know if I was playing on normal, would I feel the same compunction and if I was playing on hard or extra hard would I feel the same compunction or would I say no I'm playing this on hard difficulty so I deserve like one of them I think is like auto fire for your turret I'm pretty sure on a which is called hard a difficulties pod. don't uh, hard those auto chips don't exist they don't exist I'm pretty sure interesting so that is another layer to the to the dilemma and of course, you know me, so I'm running up to all of the robots. Robot is not a correct term for mechanical life form. Mecha there's there's androids and there's machines. So I'm running up to all of the machines like, "Will you be my friend?" And then it punches me in the face and I'm like, "Okay." And then I kill it. It's like, "Of course not. They're your the enemies of mankind maybe apparently could be." Some of them are my friends. I met a whole... Okay, spoilers for five hours into the game. Okay, so if you have not played Nier Automata and you don't want to know any spoilers, just like... 
two hours for us pro gamers, but go on. I'm, I'm sure you're not wrong, to be fair. I'm sure you're not wrong at all, since I do constantly get lost. Um, but I'm okay at navigating towards the map markers. So I tend to not get blocked where I have to backtrack a lot. I just don't automatically know where to go. But, um, but you do encounter a whole village of machines that do not want to kill you. And they are just as obnoxious as any other NPCs in any other game. <laughs> giving you stupid-ass quests and whatnot. So do you, since you're starting in your low, uh, early and near, how do you feel about mechanical life forms? Do you think they're just replicating human speech? No, man. No. Th those things are conscious beings. I wonder. No, okay. Do you, I'm going to give you... I, I want to give you my opinion, but I also have at one time actually seen and known the actual ending of the game. So I don't remember if I actually know what the ending of the game is and I'm about to say it. Or if this is just what I think I remember happened. Well, and I, I don't want to say it in front of you because I don't want to spoil it for you in case I'm actually right. I feel that. Because knowing the ending, it's probably, you know, it's been like two years, it might have inceptioned into your head, you know? Right. But I'm afraid to say what I think. Like, I have some thoughts, but I'm going to keep it to myself. No, I want to... I'm interested to see what what your thoughts are because something happened that was very triggering for me in the game. And it was a real throwaway moment in the game, but this is a game... Okay, so if you've never played Nier Automata, <clears throat> I'm not even going to try to explain it all to you because it's too much. But what I will say... Oh, but what I will say is that you are playing as an android. And as an android, you have many kinds of programming that's available to you. So you can give yourself little upgrades in the forms of what they call plug-in chips. So everything can be taken out. And just like in a normal type computer or maybe you're more familiar with this on like say your cell phone storage um, your operating system takes up a shit ton of room right so you can actually end the life of the android body that you're in by taking out the android by taking out the operating system mm -hmm. chip and then you just die and have to restart which is pretty funny when you which, think about it. Which is pretty funny if you think about it. So, um, you also have a self-destruct option. Which will blow your skirt right off. Which I'm realizing now is what I should have done instead of resetting the game. But I forgot I had the self-destruct option. Well, self-destruct doesn't kill you, though. Oh, it doesn't kill you? Like, when I literally say it blows your skirt off, that's what it does. I see. And, like, nine... Like, 2B will be running around in the leotard, that's the under part mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. And 9S, uh, I think he's just running around in shorts uh -huh. if he blows up. Gotcha. But it doesn't kill you. It'll uh. um, take you down to the lowest health possible for, uh -huh. like, about 20 seconds, and you go up with the warning flash. Uh -huh. And then it'll go away and your health will refill. As long as you're not in combat. 
Okay, but why would I want to self-destruct then? Storyline reasons, maybe. Okay, that makes sense. Well, this is what I know, is that um, I opened up a new part and was like, "Mm, I'm not going to grind any levels. Maybe I can cheese this. And I could. And it was fine. Until I got to the boss. And the boss is supposed to be hard because of storyline reasons. But I was screwed. I was at least five levels below the boss and I could not cheese it. Because there was two bosses. Oh, I know where you were at then. And um, there was two bosses. And my friend... Um... Hold on, I'm getting, I have multiple things happening. Okay, it's fine. Hopefully that, someone's trying to um, call me via Facebook Messenger. Um, uh, oh, I couldn't beat the bosses. So, I, you have to manually save in this game. (laughs) And I had, I'm hoping that I manually saved after I beat the Goliath. I'm pretty sure I did. Pretty pretty sure I did, because that seems a pretty me-ish thing to do. But after that... I'm pretty sure you did, because I think I remember you going and touching the... Um, There's one not too you, far from the camp. Well, and then you ended back at the uh, Rebel base, too. I think you touched that after the Goliath fight. I think so, too. Crossing my fingers big time. But after that, I mean, and that was six and a half hours. I had six and a half hours on that save, plus whatever, maybe 20, 30 minutes that I'd lost if I saved there. But I I played that all in one day, and it was very manageable. I'm very intrigued by the story. I'm very interested to see, you know, where it goes. I feel like the game is challenging. Um, Even I'm not a very good video game player, although I like it a lot. I'm just okay at games in general. Um, There's a few genres I'm better at than others. It took me literally hundreds of hours of playing Final Fantasy XIV to gain any kind of proficiency. (laughs) Literally hundreds of hours. I played 300 hours or more before I finally became a decent summoner and I'm not talking about my current level of proficiency I'm saying to become decent so you know right but I always say practice makes perfect I mean I know and I will say like a lot of times if me and a guy will start out on a new game a lot of times I will be just as good as him if neither one of us have played it before and like maybe even a little bit better at first but then after we've been playing it for like an hour and his brain his gamer brain or whatever you want to call it clicks in then immediately you're much better than me within an hour or two hours of playing a game together I mean I don't want to toot my own horn but I think you might have something there I mean but but you've played literally thousands of hours more gaming than I have True, and the way I approach games is different than the way you approach games, I think, too. Yeah, because I want to hug robots. <laughs> I mean, I'm not an in-game I'm sorry, sociopath. Machines. No, but what I mean is, like, I'm playing near Automata for the experience and for the fun of the game. 
and to, to have something that is challenging and different. But on the other hand, I'm playing it on easy mode because I want to like it. Right. Um, I guess what I was trying to get at is my gamer brain, as you uh, kind of put it, is as I'm playing, I'm, I'm also I'm also playing for you know the joy of playing the game, or I wouldn't be playing it. And I want I want to get the storyline, especially with these near games. But what I, my brain ends up doing is it starts to see the functions of the game and how it operates, which makes it easier for me to play the game. It's a, it's one of those things that's kind of hard to describe. Mm-hmm. Because one of the first things I always do, I don't know if you know this, even though I say I'm doing it, is I press every button to see what every button does immediately. It's true. Once they let me. Because I need to know all the functions available to me and how they interact with one another. And for building on, because once I understand the functions of the game, the controls and the mechanics. I guess it's easier for me to progress in the game and kind of gain experience and mastery over it. Because <laughs> even games like, let's say, uh, Bayonetta and Devil May Cry, where you can buy new moves, the game is still tailored so you can beat the move, beat, beat the game with your starting abilities. <clears throat> Just in case you don't have enough in-game currency to, you know, buy everything. Mm-hmm. So I know that by mastering the functions at the beginning of the game, I can technically beat the game with the moves they've given me. So I know that the attacks that are coming against me from bosses and enemies, the game has given me contingencies to deal with these. Right. Without the necessary need for an upgrade. And that's kind of how my brain clicks in on these things. Because I know there's a way around it, you know? And I know there's a counter. And that's just kind of automatic for me. Which is one of the things that kind of helped me get through the first Demon Souls and Dark Souls. Once I realized, oh, I should probably carry a shield. You think so? Mm-hmm. Mind you, once you become proficient in the Souls games, carrying a shield is akin to blasphemy. I mean... But at that point, you don't really need it because you understand the game. You gotta roll dodge. Yeah, it's pretty much all evasion and attack power. Primarily, because at this point, you kind of know how the enemies attack and how to, you know, evade and get around them. But even me... My first time through Demon Souls, I had a shield. And my first time through Dark Souls, I had a shield. Uh-huh. Until I learned the game. I once... Let's see. I guess I, I'm trying try to let my hubris blind me to actually being able to play the game done that well it's shameful to block it's like no blocking is a function that's built into the game right and as such it's important mm-hmm. until it isn't <laughs> well you know 
It's like, I was about to use a Final Fantasy 14 analogy and then I was like, mm, I don't actually think this analogy works for anyone because who actually played Final Fantasy 14 that listens to our podcast? Well, there are millions of people playing. There might be one or two. There might be one or two, but I was going to say it's almost like um, using like, because I've been leveling Mechanist. Is that what it's called? That's what I call it. I've been leveling Mechanist. And I noticed, so I have a level 80 dancer, and that's the highest level you can be. But the dancer starts at level 60, and I purposely chose a level 60 class so that I could get it to 80, to like 77 really quick and finish the actual main story of Shadowbringers with it. Because I hit level 80 on my summoner before I finished, and I didn't want to waste all of that XP. I feel um, And so I power leveled Dancer in literally three days. <laughs> I mean, that's when I was on furlough, so I had time to do right. that shit then. Um, and so there are some functionalities of Dancer that I have never used. Oh. But, but as a mechanist, and especially as a level 80 Dancer, I don't need. But as a mechanist... A lot of those functionalities are both ranged DPS classes. I understand now what those functionalities are for. Like, um, like my white mage that I'm also currently leveling from zero, um, also has a bind ability to keep an enemy in place. And mechanist and dancer both have, um, similar abilities but it's not actually bind, it's other stuff because they're not magic based classes. I think it's like leg shot or leg aim or something for making this maybe. Yeah, I don't know. But but now I understand why my dancer has all those things because that is to keep the enemy in place, the melee enemy in place while I get the F away from it so I can shoot it from far away. Right. But I because I started as a level 60 dancer, I never needed that ability. Like, I was never doing stuff where that was really a problem. I wasn't going out and doing hunting logs. I wasn't going out and, um, you know... Doing fate grinding. Doing fate grinding. Right. Which, like, maybe I would use my dancer now to do fate grinding, but not trying... But not to level it. No, absolutely not. Because once you hit level 60, that's too high. (laughs) I did all my leveling for dancer in um from roulettes i'm pretty sure because i didn't do heaven on high back then i don't think and maybe daily ill meg yeah okay i don't really remember but from roulettes and doing and doing the level appropriate dungeons but also i was a very bad dancer i was a very i was not a good player back then i was just okay but um but so it's interesting to me like that that's a functionality that at my level 40 mechanist or especially my level 20 
well, it's 30. You start at 30. Mm -hmm. My level 33 mechanist really needed that, really needs that function. But my level 80 dancer doesn't need that function at all. Yeah. And so I think I understand what you're saying. Like, when you start out that's a function that you really need but then as you improve and the storyline goes on it's not something that you need as much anymore yeah essentially like with um the leg shot and stuff um as you get higher some of that stuff stops working like enemies don't even get affected by it of course it's kind of like how white mage and black mage both have sleep but sleep doesn't work on anything anymore Right or uh, Adel Summoner has Adel. I don't even know why I have that on my. Uh... Oh, Adel's beautiful. What does that do? It lowers the magic attack of the enemy. Really? Mm-hmm. Based on your intelligence score. So if you're fighting something that's about to do a big magic burst, mm-hmm. hit it with Adel and do less damage. Really? Mm-hmm. Mind you, my Adel. Uh, hurts the well negates more as a black mage because my intelligence is way higher. Sure. It's more noticeable, but it still does something as a summoner. You can save lives with that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'll have to uh, get on that. That could be helpful doing alliance raids because um, for for roulettes because sometimes you get people in there who just refuse to do fucking mechanics for some reason. I don't even want to talk about it. (laughs) You want to know what my favorite thing that I've ever learned from Alliance Raids is, though? Talk to me. Danger bongos. Danger bongos? You've never encountered encountered danger bongos before? If it's what I think it is, I mean, if it's like call number five, like somebody's macro? Yes. Yeah, yeah. But they'll put up, it's like, do, 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 do. And the people will have a macro that's like something... Well, the most recent one was they're like, something's about to happen. Please pay attention. And we're laughing about it. But let me tell you that no one got caught in that AOE. No one got caught not behind a rock. No one got caught inside the shield. Everyone was where they're supposed to be because one person had a macro that said, danger, Bongos, please pay attention. So, I mean, like. I was at the macro that just says mechanics. (laughs) (laughs) No explanation. Just mechanics. I'm like, oh, right. You know what? That, I I also think that that would be totally acceptable and also helpful. Like, there are things that you just can't burn through. No. We were doing Copied Factory. You know, there's a part... Okay, well, this is not really helpful, but there's a part in Copied Factory where it spawns three robots, three giant machines and you have to keep them away from each other um, I think so like in the middle of uh, in the middle in of angles in the middle of angles maybe oh yeah 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 during one of his transition phases the, yeah I remember that um, but there's three big ones and they have little ones around them yes okay yeah I know and you have to keep them apart mm-hmm. and one of the somebody from one of the alliances was like keep them apart please it wasn't B team because I was on B team and my tank was tanking the shit out of that it was A and C couldn't keep theirs apart and they're all the way across the screen from each other and um, someone was like please keep those apart please keep those apart please keep those apart they did not keep those apart guess what happened wipe wipe and someone was like 
I didn't even know that could happen. And you get mad like, mother, can you read? That well, I didn't get mad because they. I think that they said, I've never seen this before. I didn't know that could happen. And the person who had said, please keep them apart, was like, the ga- the gauge feels faster when the when they are together. And I was like, explain it like everyone's five. Right. But uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it was that was an experience because I ran Puppet Spunker, which is the harder of the two Alliance raids, and the newer. And nasty piece of work. And it went pretty well. Um, I was, we had our two healers, plus me as a summoner, plus one red mage, and then two other random DPS. I don't remember what they were. There was no dragoon, though. No. I know. It was probably a samurai and a something else. Unimportant. Oh, it was a black mage. Okay. Because the black mage kept dying. But they, they weren't dying, like, a lot, a lot. They just were dying pretty often. Well, when you gotta stand still to cast. Yeah. I mean, it's a... It's a but they actually did surprisingly well. I find it thrilling myself. Of course you do. Um, and we did... Pre- and it went pretty well. Um, I did not die my usual ten times on the plane boss, and I was pretty excited about that. Although I did die too many times on the plane boss. It wasn't... 10. <laughs> okay. But so then right afterwards, I ran copied. Mm-hmm. Including me, three summoners, and a red mage, and a dancer. The two summoners could not stay alive. And when they were alive, and one of our healers. <laughs> What could not stay alive, and they were not helping race either. They As were not. You're so mobile, though. But and and the red mage was barely helping race, because I was like, it literally does not matter who I pick. All of you have swift cast. And this is what I don't get. Is like, when you die and you get resurrected, it automatically gives you back twenty two hundred. 2200 MP or something like that, like really fast. Then, if you hit I get like 1600, I get more than 16 because I, ha- I have to hit what you're about to say, um, uh, lucid dreaming mm-hmm. to um, get that because what's raised 24, 29? Yeah, it's 24, that's what I'm getting at because I can wait just a few seconds and automatically be able to raise someone else. It takes me down to two. Then I have lucid dreaming to pump me back up. But then by the time all of that's happened, I have plenty of things in my arsenal that don't take MP to usually spam all of them until I go back to ruin. Right. So usually it's not an issue. So I know that the other two summoners as soon as they're raised, should be able to raise someone else because I'm a summoner. I know that they should be able to. And I also know that the red mage should have two swift casts. Well, they have the one from like um, casting a regular spell, which gives them instant cast. Right. And then they actually have literal swift cast. Right. So they should be able to raise two people in 40 seconds. I mean, that's not unreasonable. They actually faster than that. 
Yeah. They should be able to raise two people in 20 seconds. Well, if they've got um, full MP, they can raise two people in like 10 seconds because they can just do, right. um, I forget their regular attack that gives them that um, instant swift cast. They'd right. be like, their regular attack, raise, ver raise. Their regular attack, ver raise. Right. But, but, but everybody's more concerned with like, well, if I do that, I lose DPS. But if you don't raise them, we all wipe. But here, here is my issue with that statement is that I'm talking about my when my uh, when my tank was not pulling our ads my tank was not main tank so when i say that i was number 1 dps in my group with the actual number 1 almost that whole time and so, and some of that was because one of the summoners I, it, some of that was just because of eye level difference just because of the difference in our armor that that i think that one summoner that turned out to be pretty good could have pro- could have possibly beaten me in DPS if they had been geared like I was. Right, but right. the other one was, it was not good. <laughs> but I couldn't understand why none of them were helping raise. Why was I the one who raised the other healer almost every single time when they died? And like and and it annoys me, but on the other hand, after all these weeks of puppets bunker sometimes doing it two or three times a week, I'm actually better at raising and then it not messing up my rotation. And so in some way, I'm actually grateful for this experience because it's making me a better player. Are you saying the sleeper has finally awakened? <laughs> you can combat raise in a no. jiffy? I mean, I can do one. I can do get off one raise and it not mess me up really bad. Mm-hmm. But if there's a, a bunch of problems, it is going to mess me up. But if it's just like one... Or even like, um, well, one every now and then, one every 90 seconds, which of course is more than enough time for my swift cast to yeah. come back up. As long as my swift cast is up, it's not a big deal. Right. If I have to stop and hard cast, that's a problem. Because that's like 10 full seconds of channeling. Although I did because I raised the, I, this is what actually pissed me off the most is that I stopped and I swift cast one of the two summoners. That immediately after that happens, a big AoE goes off, both of our healers die, Mm. and probably the red mage. And maybe someone else, maybe the dancer too, I don't know. So I'm like, crap. (laughs) And I hard cast Ray's. Okay. And the time it took me to hard cast raise, no one raised the other healer. And so I hard cast raised both healers. And I was still number... Actually, after that, I'm pretty sure the one better summoner took over the... Uh, hate for me. It's like, come on guys, help me help you. Right. Because without our healers, we're all going to die. But I just was like, whatever. And then at the end of that dungeon, I think the greatest indignity to me was at the end of that dungeon, I only had one calm. (laughs) And I was like, both of those healers should have calmed me. And honestly, the tank should have to but I would get why they wouldn't. But, like, I kept that tank out of so many tro- problems. The red mage should have calmed me because I... I don't remember which other one. But it, I just really felt like 
I deserved more than a one com for that. And I did not get it. And I'm like, who did y'all motherfuckers come? Did you come the healers? For those who don't know, com is your commendation. And at this point, I did, um, I did go to an event last night and we were talking about becoming mentors and because of that I did check how many commendations that I have and I have 355 so you have to have 1,500 commendations to become a mentor you have to have a healer a tank and one DPS all to level 80 each and you have to have a thousand instance dungeons Hmm. so I actually think I probably could have a thousand instance dungeons maybe not quite but I think that could be really doable getting a tank and a healer to level 80 I almost have a tank to level 80 and I plan to get um, a healer to level 80 and if that was really important to me I would just take an astro to level 80 because they start at 60 so that's just a couple days of work True. but it's the 1500 commendations I don't know how I can ever get that many commendations. I'm played 500 hours and I'm 1100 commendations short. Jesus. Actually, well, this doesn't count because sometimes I don't log out because I'm keeping an eye on things in my free company. Mm -hmm. But we were also talking about like how many play hours that we have. And I have 121 days. And uh, it, actually, 122 days. That's I was pretty good. Yeah, I'm sure you have like 500 days. Don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a tip I can give you for getting commendations: mm-hmm. be funny. And alliance raids and mm-hmm. raids, anything that has mm-hmm. more than the standard four-man party, uh-huh. just say uh, something funny a couple of times. People don't remember if you raise them. Mm-hmm. They don't remember you- if you protect them. They don't remember any of that. But they remember if you're that funny person. Because when it comes to the end of the dungeon and they're scrolling through the names for commendations, they're like, oh, there's what's-her-name. The one who's cracking jokes and uh, making this better. Because I've gotten mm-hmm. so many, like, four and five commendations from the Praetorium because I'm always cutting up in there. Mm-hmm. I don't even need commendations. I think I've got, Baetorium? like... Praetorium? What now? Praetorium. No, I mean the Praetorium. You pray it'll be over. <laughs> no, it's Baytorium because it all of the bays are in there. I mean that is that's a true statement. Because I think at this point I have to have like five, six thousand commendations. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> that is really breaks my heart. But why are why do commendations have to be a popularity contest? Why is it not enough to be competent? Because humans play this game, and people don't care about that sometimes. They really don't. Some people do, but that's how you get, you know, like your three, four hundred by playing fair and square. That's true. Then you have to cheat the system some way. Like I said, just try being funny. Well, I will. Crack a couple of jokes, and that'll usually guarantee you two commendations right there. Maybe more. I just rub my thumb and my uh, index finger together. Yes, indeed. And I have to give you a big apology because I know that you had a game that you want to talk about today, but we are out of time. Did I? Oh, well, maybe. Well, it's okay. We um we had a good conversation anyways. 
It's a fancy conversation. I mean, we, I had a good conversation about Nier. Hell yeah. There's so many things that happen in Nier, which I think actually one of the things I was thinking about might be a DLC. Uh-huh. But I'm not going to tell you because I want you to be surprised. Oh, okay. There's one, the one DLC is some kind of machine boss. Mm-hmm. Because um, in Nier, the boss's names are like weird lines with dots on them. And the name of the DLC is a bunch of weird lines with dots on them. So I know that has that must be like a machine boss, a machine plot line of some kind. I wonder if it's like the first Nier. Where by playing through it enough, you'll eventually play a character who understands that language. That would be pretty baller. Because uh, I know our time's running a little low uh-huh. here. But did I ever tell you about how in the first Nier? Like, you have the shadows, right? The shadow creatures? Mm-hmm. And they speak their own language. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, 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 yeah, I know where you're going with this. Mm-hmm. You have told me. Yeah. And for those who don't know, it's not like a secret, because I won't tell you, like, what comes of it. Mm-hmm. But one of your team members, Ka- Kaine, understands that language. Mm-hmm. So after you get Kaine on your team, every time you run into these shadows... And the things that they say, which are very surprising, she hears it and she understands it, but she doesn't say anything, Mm -hmm. which makes me dislike her quite a bit. Kane has her own thing going on, though. She does. Nier is heartbreaking. It is like the saddest game I've ever played. But not your first time through. Your first time through is just like a weird little action game that's sort of sad. Play through four, I'm dying. I'm I have tears running down my face. Yes. Yes. As I understand what's happening, yes. I'm like, oh my god. And for Near Automata, I don't know how many playthroughs there are for Near Automata because of one simple reason. Well, there's 26 endings. That's what I was about to say. Oh, I'm sorry. And one for every letter of the alphabet, yeah. and and that is definitely like. A, a gimmick in a way like I think that he had so many Yoko Taro was like oh we better make a 26 but like you get one of those endings if you take out your operating system chip and die <laughs> and and there are other time yeah anyways there are other things that you can do at certain times like right at the beginning when like 9S is the fall if you go backwards that's an ending that's like ending F or D yeah cause I got that one by mistake cause I was like where do I go Oh, that's funny. And it's like, your high unit 2B left the battlefield and was like, sent back to the moon and reprimanded by deactivation or something. I was like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. There's a lot of other things I could say about Nier Automata. Um, and maybe I will say them more in the future when I've played the game some more. Mm-hmm. But um, as always, please... Feel free to email us at a lofi podcast twenty at gmail.com. At gmail.com. And um That's a lofi podcast. Give us some feedback. Tell us where we're wrong. Tell us what games you want us to play or discuss. Yeah, at me. Yeah, at us. And um we'll be more than happy to to do that. And um this has been Katie. And this is a guy. And I hope you guys have a terrific week. Peace. <laughs>